Hey, welcome to You're the Marketing Department, the show helping you and your organization grow. So my name is Jacob, as as usual. Uh, this time I'm joined by by Tobin, and he's real upset he misses last I episode. Know. Hey, everybody. Um, yeah, I listened to the last episode in the car. I thought it was a good episode about Facebook's decline, but I want to add my two cents. Since I wasn't in the <laughs> podcast and wasn't able to join in, then we'll start off with, with that whole thing. Um, I, I think you guys did a great job on the podcast, and I... I like the idea of Facebook going away, personally. Um, mm. I think there's some really good things. But two things occurred to me in, in the conversation that I thought would be worth adding. One is that Facebook seems to be teetering on this place of becoming utility. Mm-hmm. If they really push in, they, they go beyond Facebook in terms of like the messaging channel that we all know of in the post into something that's more of a utility. It's basically, instead of saying I'm going on, online, I'm going on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And Facebook contains everything you need in your experience. And it's kind of a flashback to early AOL days when you went on AOL, and AOL was the internet. And so you you shopped on AOL, you messaged on AOL, AOL had everything for you. So I think they could push in quickly and, and make Facebook even more to people. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's a positive. Negative, I can't count the times of in the past maybe six months where I see millennials dropping Facebook, just just in my experience, and I don't talk about Facebook that often, but it's just surprising how many people I've heard say, I'm off Facebook, I'm off Facebook, I'm off Facebook. And it's definitely in that millennial group, which was kind of the leading edge of their adoption in the first place. No question. Place. So so we hear people dropping Facebook. John tried dropping Facebook as well, and he probably told everyone. Yeah. And he's back. It's probably, maybe I've it's seen a hip that th- happen a lot, too. Maybe it's a hip thing to do, to say you're dropping Facebook, kind of like, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't wear this kind of clothes anymore or something. It's like a trend. But <laughs> that's just my two cents. I want to throw this in there. But it was a, a good positive. I think it's something that any of our clients should, or anyone in digital marketing actually, should have this conversation about the channels they're on all the time. Mm-hmm. Is it worth investing? Is it worth sticking the road? Should we be in it? Should we be out of it? And every year you should be looking at what channels you really should be investing in and de- deliberating it. Does it fit your client? But rather than maybe some of the – we did bring some data to the table, but also you know the data and what you're seeing in society and really is it fit you as a, as a channel. So it's a, it's a conversation we have a lot about. Facebook being kind of the leader of most social media channels at this point is you know when the watershed hits them, which it will at some point, where are they going to go? So here's my, my one final argument, and we can move on, yeah, we'll move on. past yeah, the yeah. social media thing. Even if Facebook is going to start rapidly declining – Right. There are so many people on that channel, and there will be so many people on that channel for years to come, even if today something horrible happens on Facebook, that it's worth being on there. I would, I have a hard time imagining that they're going to drop so fast in uh, right. users that it's not going to be worth at least joining now for a couple of years, seeing what happens. And it's, oh, sure. it's virtually free besides time. Yeah, that's the other part. I agree with that, but I mean... I'll just say MySpace. <laughs> I mean, it's it was up and gone in years. So anyway, we'll, we'll move on. All right, fair enough. So today's podcast, we got a kind of a different twist today. We're going to talk about uh, case study, really in our our mind frame, but I think it has a pretty tantalizing result. So um, doubling traffic. So we were able to double traffic. What does that sound like to you, Jacob? I think many people um, would initially jump to thinking that it's organically doubled and while that is part of it and doubling traffic organically in 
How long did how long? This was in the span of a year. So a year? we took a client from a certain amount of traffic, and we doubled that traffic within a year. So it's actually, a hundred and three percent traffic, even growth. more than doubled. So that's while it's very possible to do it organically, uh, it's super difficult. And so a lot of people don't take into account, um, like we'll be including here, email campaign, referral campaigns, different SEO right. tactics, things like that, to use all these different channels and then push towards doubling the traffic. Right. I think when we say doubling traffic, and we talk about this with potential customers. I think our minds gravitate towards that organic number, but I mean, doubling traffic is going to be a multi-channel, multi-source mm -hmm. effort. I mean, you're not going to go from, you know, 300 or 3,000 organic searches a month to 6,000 in a year. I mean, you can, but it's going to be a lot of effort, um, a lot of, but you can easily work other channels, mm -hmm. add channels to the mix to achieve the same effort, uh, the same result with way less effort. Mm -hmm. You're kind so, of shooting you in the foot if you only focus on one channel. Right, because there's a lot of low-hanging fruit in many other channels. Mm -hmm. All right, so to kick things off, give us a, a quick introduction of the client. Where were they at? Things like that. Great. So this was a B2B client. We're going to not name names for protection of the innocent and the successful. <laughs> so they were uh, B2B. Uh, they did some training. That was kind of their main thing. And so they thought of the web as a brochure, which many mm -hmm. people do. It's just, we need a website, people need to find us online. They haven't really thought much more about it. And they did a minimal newsletter, which I think was just a rollover from their printed one they did years before, which is mm -hmm. how many companies get into the newsletter, digital newsletter spaces. They had a printed one they did, now they moved it over um, into digital. Now, what was this newsletter? Uh, like, was it a like a blog type newsletter? Yeah, it was, it was long form. Okay. It was a long form article, uh, maybe one or two throughout. And they did it only quarterly, though. Okay. And so they basically saved money by sending it digitally, but still contained long form content and wasn't really optimized for mm -hmm. the digital. And they had real no, no emphasis on what their website could be doing for them. They did receive some leads. They did have a newer site. So they were getting some contacts through there, but it wasn't nearly sufficient. They still had a lot of offline sales they were working mm -hmm. on. So it wasn't really bringing in the... The bounty, so to speak. They weren't relying on it. Right. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was nice when they came in, but it wasn't a central source. Okay, so that's kind of where they were at uh, when we came along. Um, so walking into that, you saw the problem. Now, what kind of what kind of pain was there? More missed opportunity or? Right, well, I think this organization's small, right? So the organization is small and they don't have a huge sales force, mm -hmm. right? So the pain is they need more volume. They only have really one person who's a leader in the organization mm -hmm. doing sales on top of leading the organization. And they didn't have the bandwidth to really drum up more traffic I mean, so, or drum up more business. So they needed a way to bring more business in. Now they knew they were getting leads. They knew that they maybe weren't getting all that they should. And so through counsel and we kind of walked them through it that they started seeing that there could be something here in mm -hmm. the digital. And so that's when we kind of put up together a plan for lead generation for them through the web where they could see these. And they love that idea because as a busy owner, I mean, this was an owner basically who was doing sales. Mm -hmm. As a busy owner, there's so many things they need to do in a day, let alone market. And so if the marketing and sales falls on the owner of a business, it's a huge challenge. Mm -hmm. um, it's just huge because there's so much to do. Especially when marketing is one of those things that you can't really do halfway. Right. Because you're going to get zero results. Right. Or you do a quarterly newsletter. Yeah, yeah And exactly. it, you get nothing yeah. right out of it. So that's kind of what happens. So building them up, we kind of gave them this plan. And so from there, they kind of saw what could be. Now, what was our strategy going along? You say a plan. Right. So let's talk about what we did mm -hmm. to kind of make it happen. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of the, the after state, if you will. So first thing we look at is SEO, right? That's kind of where we start. So jumping in, rather than doing a quarterly newsletter, we started amplifying the writing. Mm -hmm. So through our process of expert ecosystem, we were able to extract great data, great information from the owner 
and start getting about two to three blog articles out a month. So we've quadrupled you know, their content <laughs> output in the current month. And so that helped them from an SEO perspective start getting lower traffic. Mm-hmm. Additionally, we went from a quarterly slowly to a bi-monthly. So rather than once a quarter, we're going twice a month. And so that's you know six times the, the, yeah. the jump. That was a process, just to speak that for a minute. I mean, if you have a quarterly newsletter now, don't start tomorrow banging out a <laughs> twice-a-month newsletter. We went from quarterly to monthly to bi-monthly, and that was that took about a span of the year. Mm-hmm. So we kind of ramped it up slowly. There's definitely things that happened throughout that process, but we also went from a newsletter format to a single article format. So the bi-monthly is only one article now. Mm-hmm. It's not multiple articles like a typical newsletter. So changing format and changing the kind of cadence allowed better traffic to happen there. Mm-hmm. Also, we opened channels, right? So they weren't on social, believe it or not. So keying into the <laughs> Facebook conversation, and they actually don't, aren't on Facebook because um, their industry doesn't really support that um, or really you know, doesn't, doesn't gather there. We opened Twitter and LinkedIn really as a possibility for them. And that added a good bit of traffic. Ten percent, mm-hmm. ten to fifteen percent of their traffic came from the social channels. It's pretty significant. So it's a good amount of traffic, and the nature of their business allowed them to be really productive on that channel. And so we were able to get lots of traffic in from that. And then SEO optimization. I mean, the pages were built, but they weren't optimized. So we optimized those pages. That was a huge component to really gathering that. And so by increasing the SEO from a you know content production standpoint. The newsletter, which drove in referral and repeat traffic, as mm-hmm. well as the newsletter was shared a ton, actually, which is an interesting thing. So focusing on sharing the newsletter actually brought more subscribers along. The social channels brought links in, as well as optimizing for SEO the current pages. All of a sudden, we're seeing you know massive growth throughout the year on this channel where the search traffic goes up, the re- repeat referral traffic goes up, social opens up as a whole new arena, and we're seeing more of more traffic across the board. So. Mm-hmm. You realize after you slowly step through that. Also, in, in saying about this, I mean, we doubled traffic. You may say, well, you can double traffic. You get users back to your site. Well, we actually yep. had a, a 93% growth in users, too. So it wasn't just we double traffic. Nice. We got new people to the site. So it wasn't just, oh, we brought the same person back 12 times and mm-hmm. we bumped our traffic number up. No, we actually had a lot of new users, too. And that was from sharing and, and propagating through social and things like that. So that's how we got to that. Now, that, the big ta-da right mm-hmm. at the end mm-hmm. really comes from the conversion. And yep, how that that's really what I was happens. just gonna ask. Right. So I mean you can bring traffic to the site, but unless you do something with it, it doesn't really benefit you. Mm-hmm. Now talking about conversion, I'm not sure what the site looked like before you stepped in, uh, but what type of conversion tactics did you use putting it in? I'm sure they had a contact form in there, but Right. So we had consulted early on with this client during their website design process. So we mm-hmm. talked to them about the need for just more than a contact us form. Mm. So they really, they were rocking the contact us form, which everyone thinks is, <laughs> is the thing they need to have. So they had that, but they also had a very, I would say kind of mid to mid bottom funnel conversion, which was how to select this type of business, mm-hmm. which is self-serving that degree. And it's also highlighting that person who's trying to make that conscious decision over mm-hmm. what kind of agency or what kind of firm they would hire in this space. And they were getting twice as many conversions on that as they were their contact us form. Mm. So they were getting those and then getting the contact us form. So they were seeing that as mildly successful. So they they tasted and saw what was good about content marketing. Like uh-huh. They saw that, hey, people are downloading this way more than they're contacting us. Let's figure this out. So It's, it's interesting. I've actually found that with a, a lot of different clients is the contact form is not the number one lead generator by any means. Absolutely not. It's because yeah. it doesn't create any value. Right. Right, and, it, and it's it's completely at the end of the process where mm-hmm. you know we talks about what is it something like about eighty five to ninety percent of the buying decision is done before they contact you. So mm-hmm. 
you're leaving 90% of your users out there with nothing mm -hmm. to do, right? And that just seems insane. Like, why would you just wait for that one person? It's like having a, a giant Walmart and only one person at the counter. Like, yep. <laughs> there's more selling going on kind of into the process. So for them, what we looked at was adding early funnel conversions, really early stuff. So downloads, giveaways, newsletter subscriptions, things like that that are really early funnel, mm -hmm. increasing that user base, which you know, increased our newsletter volume, which then increased traffic th throughout. So when you really get those lead conversion pieces up, that's when your traffic really starts to double because you're starting to see more and more people coming back to the site as well as their network starting to share. Now, yeah, when I listen to this, one thing that comes to mind is uh, attribution. And so uh, a lot of clients, without really thinking about it, automatically jump into taking the last touch approach. Um, and that's why they kind of only focus on into the uh, into the funnel type stuff. Right. But like you were saying, 90%, 85%, 90% of the work is done pre that point. And so that's actually another reason a lot of people will not use something like uh, social, for example, not to keep harping on that. But you probably won't get someone messaging you on Facebook uh, with their credit card information. Right. That being said, it can be an essential part of the marketing funnel. Right, because you need to bring them in from somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. They need to have exposure to you. And it's a great place for exposure. Social, we see as kind of top of funnel activity. Yeah. I mean, nurturing a sale through social is not going to necessarily happen, <laughs> maybe in a blue moon kind of scenario, or if it's your industry. But yeah, I mean, for a B2B business, social is there to bring people in to then put, bring them into your funnel, right? Mm -hmm. Let's walk them down your lane. Basically, you thinking the brick and mortar metaphor, let's get them through the door. And that's what mm -hmm. social does. Get them through the door to your website, and then we can start our process, start mm -hmm. our thinking, give them what really matters to you in terms of information and things like that. Mm -hmm. So thinking about all those different stages, you know, the awareness, the consideration, things like that. Having content to convert along the way is how you start converting 2 3 4% of your traffic into names for your sales team to work on. And you start growing and actually getting business. And mm -hmm. That's how it kind of works. But and it also is a good indicator of really how well your contact form is going to work too. Because we've seen also when you get more front conversion, you can start tweaking and finding out why you're not getting the back conversion too because there's a message disconnect. Mm -hmm. like you think this is the message, but no one's downloading that document. It's like, well, the traffic we're getting is not on this message. Mm -hmm. Like It's almost self-telling self in a way. It's like, well, if they're not downloading your giveaway on the best popsicle sticks and you know you're a popsicle salesman it's like then these people aren't trying to buy popsicle sticks right like there's something else going on yeah what what is it that helps indicate those traffic things so those early funnel conversions are fantastic and everyone should really think about that and it's more than just a newsletter sign up it's going to be some kind of giveaway content a tool a form something to help them really understand what they're doing mm -hmm. so uh another thing that comes to mind is uh when you initially create the plan or the strategy um, for a new client, or in this case, or in many people's cases, you're in business, um, you put together a marketing plan and you start following it. I think a lot of people struggle with uh, at what point do you do you pivot and at what point do you just keep investing the time to seeing if something works? Because I mean, with marketing, it's not a instant gratification type of uh, business. And so was there any pivoting in this client or did it kind of work out as it went along? Like what kind of decisions did you make? And how do you know running your own business is a very big question, so I understand sure, that. Sure, sure. Um, but at what point do you decide this is not working? Right. Well, I think in this case, um, we probably had slight quarterly pivots because mm -hmm. quarterly is kind of how we look at campaigns um, for this client. I would say the biggest pivot was shifting focus 
on the uh, target of some of the articles. We mm-hmm. were targeting expertise and targeting up higher on SEO at some point. Okay. Um, that was definitely, and I think the newsletter probably shows the biggest shift where we started, you know, the monthly newsletter and realized we had more traction than most newsletters. Mm-hmm. And so we thought we could really get in front of these people more often. And so pivoting into bi-monthly allowed us to use that even more. And actually the format actually led us to be able to talk more about services as well as content. And so we got more traffic into the service pages mm-hmm. too. So that was an example of a pivot where we saw opportunity. That's a good pivot. A negative pivot would be like, this isn't working. Like you're saying we need to get out of it. I don't think we necessarily had any negative pivot. I mean, but definitely a saturation in social uh, may have been a case with this client where we just reached a certain kind of level of, you know, we had the same kind of follower number for a while mm-hmm. doing the same kind of things. And so we had to think about, you know, are we, are we done in this channel or do we try a different tactic or do we just consider this the metric? Like mm-hmm. we're just not going to grow more. I mean, doubling the followers may not really increase the traffic anymore because it's just such a niche yeah. industry. So that that's was something we considered along the way with that client to really see you know what would happen and, and you know once they did see the the success in social amplifying that in other channels like LinkedIn or things like that came along so mm-hmm. I think it's critical to evaluate it and really see where your opportunities are and if you can shift energies mm-hmm. in different ways and I think it's always important to continue shifting um because right. i think uh, a lot of marketers are looking for almost that nirvana marketing strategy type uh type thing right. where they create the machine and it just spits out leads and while that can be created in some instances the world changes so fast i mean technology the channels that are working the channels that are in your industry uh, you you can't sit still and so that's uh, i definitely think that uh, you need to focus on pivoting as you see changes and paying attention to it and not getting too right. lax yeah exactly and seeing what opportunities are out there i know we've got a different client where we added in remarketing mm-hmm. too and that's been a healthy chunk of traffic now mm-hmm. to that client so you know you have to look and see what's out there consistently if you just have a one-year marketing plan and you shoot it you're gonna miss something like instagram which just comes up in six yep. months and all of a sudden we talk about it or you know so you, you need to look at pivot points in terms of when you can do it but also just staying open seeing how it fits into that spectrum i mean you may something great may come out and you say well where is this going to really fit in are we really going to get traffic from it and experiment you know, mm-hmm. see what you can do experimentally all right so in closing just to kind of to review everything we've talked about it sounds like doubling your traffic is is more possible than a lot of people would think um right. but it's essential that you uh use a lot of different channels test things out pivot as you need to track things as you go along just stay agile right. um but also there's that balance between agility and making sure that uh, you stick to it right. uh, no plan is going to work in a week and a half so make sure absolutely you really stick to it um stay strong and best of luck right it may seem crazy to think that but i mean every month is going to be 10 percent, 15 percent 20%, mm-hmm. you know, so you'll see it go and you may like, we're growing at 15% every month. Well, you'll be more than double by the end <laughs> of that year. So, I mean, just think about that long run as you go, but um, it's definitely possible and just, you know, spread it out and see what you can do to make, optimize all your opportunities. On all right. So we have a mailbag question I wanted to address. It, it relates to this very strongly. So um, analytic certification, is it right. worth doing it i mean there's certifications out there for so many different types of software and i think i think that's really the the question is you know is it worth for someone you know like yourself our listener who's a market in the marketing department kind of running the whole show is it worth for you to stop everything to get a certification Mm -hmm. and there's Um, definitely 
pros and cons to it. I mean, I, we're both uh, analytics certified. Right. Uh, we do a lot of HubSpot certification at Newdorf. So while we do love our certifications, um, there are definitely downsides to it. Right. And I think the, the biggest thing is you know time investment is mm-hmm. really the biggest thing and really the, play, the payoff in it. I mean, you can go get analytics certified, but if you only touch analytics once a month, I don't think that may be a yeah, good, it wasn't worth your time. Good, good, yeah, good investment in your time. You know, so we we are HubSpot certified here, but we're in HubSpot daily, mm-hmm. so it matters. So I think my advice in that case would be, you know, investing in certifications for proficiency. If you need to get up to speed fast, they're great training mechanisms. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like maintaining a certification, unless you're just you know making sure your resume is polished all the time, you know. <laughs> I don't think it's necessary for most marketing directors or inside marketing departments to be certified in all these pieces because the reality is you need to know what you need to know and either outsource what you don't or just learn what you need to and not mess with the certification. The certification, some go really deep. I yeah, mean, they can take a while. They really yeah. can. And go into things you don't ever Care need about. to know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's good and bad. I mean, it's nice to put on the resume or on the, the profile, but I'd say probably... Forty percent of the cert- of the certifications I've seen, I wouldn't even touch, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. of stuff we do. But the ones that we do do a lot of, I would definitely advise doing. Like HubSpot, it's like you have a big marketing automation software, Marketo, HubSpot, whatever. Definitely get trained. Definitely certify in that. That being trained, I mean, that's a good point. If you're paying for something, you right. want to get the value out of it, so definitely use it. All right, so that's it for our show today. Uh, as always, uh, send us any questions you have at podcast at newnorth.com or uh, visit us at newnorth.com slash podcast for a little bit more information about uh, today's show. Yep, and if you feel compelled to drop Facebook, please do that. <laughs> See you guys. See you. Bye.